We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to the Backliners Podcast, Agro and Barracuda, as per usual. I can tell because Barry's doing little giggles and I'm not seeing it on the OBS. That means that the thing is doing... Oh, there we go. Yeah, I got ahead of it and we're good. Um, Oh, we're fixed. Nice. Here we go. Yeah, okay. I did think as well. Oh, I said I might... I'm going to stream myself doing the audio test. And then Mm -hmm. I turned on the stream at like exactly 8 p.m. So I didn't want to uh, delay it any further with that. But maybe next week is going to be the week where I prove once and for all that I get scammed by my OBS. Um, mm-hmm. and it's never your fault and it's never my fault and well there is mm-hmm. one thing that you could consider my fault one time someone said well do you keep obs updated and i said oh no and that might th- that could be my fault then huh i thought you were going to talk about the time the uh 10th or 11th or maybe 15th or 20th time that you said it was going to be a short podcast and then it lasted uh-huh. uh an hour and a half yeah okay here's uh, the thing. i don't know if we're going to talk Barry. about that great point barry here's the thing my brain is not working uh and this will be the fabled the mythical the one and only actually Uh short podcast episode i'm sorry but you like think of it this way okay you can either get the podcast you're getting which is going to be short and all over the place and basically nothing of value anyways or Mm -hmm. i could have canceled it and if i had to like i was like we were in, we were on the ruler, you know, we weren't using a yardstick mm-hmm. or like a meter, uh, mm-hmm. like anything like that. Like we were inches away, uh, from millimeters canceling this podcast episode, but I decided to push through, uh, mm-hmm. and here we are. Thank you. You're welcome. Or you're not. For the benefit of everyone. <laughs> yeah. Or the, their detriment. Um, and it be, well, it's because I actually, uh, there were a lot of interesting sets that happened this last week in the SBL and uh I wanted to to talk about them a little bit um because there was some fun stuff going on so let's start with oh were you gonna say something oh uh no it's your short fabled podcast I'll let you take the reins I'll no, let no, you Barry, please it's your podcast too man it's not mine you know it's ours like what you got what's on the mind you know uh I honestly forgot because my rate's gonna break too okay <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah, we didn't go over patch notes. Did you want to go over oh, patch yeah. notes? Did you nope. want to jump over? <laughs> <laughs> nope, I do, do not. Because I remember yeah, we talked ahead. about your god for a little bit, and then 
Because uh-huh. that episode was so long anyways. Um, it really was. Yeah, so... someone has kept talking about their stupid career, you know what I mean? Coming to an end. Like, who, who I can't believe that? you would do that. I know, me, all the time. <laughs> like, um, you retired so long ago. <laughs> so long ago, and I did basically nothing of note anyways during my playing career. Except so, for, like, remember, who, who costed you at all these different times during your I career? Could... And it was never you. No, okay, I popped at every LAN I ever played at, okay? Except for one, which was, which is not even true. There were a couple individual games I may not have played as well at. And in particular, MLG Columbus Season 2, which was the SCL qualifiers. Hell was meta uh, in the near the end of, or like middle of Season 2. I don't know if you remember that. And nope. I am a an awful Hell player, which makes no sense mm-hmm. because I feel like it's the exact type of style that I typically want to play, which is like, trying to pay attention to the over my team as well as the enemy team. Um, but I'm a terrible hell player and hell was super meta and I was popping off and then team started realizing they could leave hell open against us. And so we were like, okay, we'll pick it against a bad team so that we at least, and we'll win no matter what. And it'll threaten like, you know, it'll put that idea in the minds of the other teams that, like, oh, they'll pick hell and, like, aggro isn't complete mm-hmm. dog at it. Um, we lost that game against a bad team uh, because I did literal nothing and was completely worthless. And we had to, like, when you have to ban the best god in the meta as first pick side, it is Ugh. such a disadvantage. Like, it is such a disadvantage to your picks and bans. <laughs> and I definitely did that to my team. Um, for sure. Okay, how do, Messi, think... how do you remember about the, my whack E-set ult up against Envy in the open bracket? I did have a particularly whack E-set ult. Yeah, okay? I double-clicked my button because I was, I was, my hands were cold and I was a little nervous, all right? But I popped the rest of that game except for when I got flattened by, by Allied's Cuckoo ult on left mids in like 18 minutes because I didn't hear it. He one-shot three of us and we didn't, and we never came back in that game. But we were ahead... And I did have that one misplay before that. Yeah, that's not fair. How do you there. remember all of these? I guess it was short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I've got some good memory of some uh, embarrassing moments for you too, Barry. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I remember a particular Arthur spinning on your head tops on your speed buff. You know, I that remember, wasn't me. Uh huh. Yeah, was, I I was in the other side of the map. Uh-huh, I, uh huh. I I remember uh, a particular set that you guys should have won by disqualification, but because Cooper is too kind of soul, a team we that were didn't show up 30, on time was was down two zero to you. You had to win one less game. than thirty seconds away hinted. from finally winning a set. By you the way, less than thirty hinted. seconds, bro. Okay, didn't you pile on top of uh? Was who was their who was United's mid laner? Uh, don't tell me. I'm gonna get it. Um, I want to say it was Big Man, but that can't be right. No, I remember it wasn't Wilfie, even though they had Ice Ice and Kalas. Yeah, and Emil, right? Emilito and Emil. and Benji. Yeah, who was their mid laner? Okay, I, now I'm looking at chat because I don't remember. I feel like it was Big Man. Yeah, Minotaur is backing me up here. I feel like it was. It was. I think so. But you guys were winning a game, and then instead of, you guys, like, got a pick. I think it was game two. Yeah, it was game two. Well, so game four, technically. Uh, (laughs) You guys got a pick, and Big Man was playing Zeus, and you guys, like, chased 
them into their back harpies and like walked into a massive zoo salt and chain lightning you guys were up like big that game was like over and then you hard inted uh chasing kills instead of just doing the objective and lost the game instantly off of it and that i was sound like something we would i do. was so <laughs> tilted because i was like this set is now like they've lost like they're losing game five there's literally no world in which they ever win game five you of course uh-huh. did not win game five um and i was like this is ridiculous uh i remember that little moment uh yeah i remember was that the set that we wait did we have sino in that set or no um or was that a different set because there were so many memorable games in season six (laughs) yeah i remember talking to you guys being real sad outside of the like like in the like break room area of that season like a lot like a lot. I remember yep. one in particular um, where, like, Andy was really tilted um, and just doing that thing where he's like, I don't know, like, I should have just done this. No, that doesn't, that, like, why didn't I just do this? Like, what am I doing? Like, yeah. you know, just, like, extremely Aninster voice. Like, he uh-huh. did that, and then I think you guys came back for another set, like, later that week, and the exact, I mean, you guys lost every set the exact same way that year, where, like, uh-huh. You guys just We were winning until we weren't, and right. then that was the steepest cliff right. yeah. any team would jump down. It was literally like yeah, you would free fall directly from your lead to the bottom of the cliff. Um off of like one baby mistake. It or was like crazy, bro. You guys like and you know what's interesting is that I didn't think that your team's like general mental was particularly weak, but if I didn't know you guys, I would say you were, like, softer mentally than, like, my son's, like, butt, you know? Like, a baby's bottom. It was, like, you, how could you think anything else after watching those games? It was just catas- it was Imagine playing them! That's what I, I'm not blaming you. Yeah, On top not- of... I'd scrimmed that year more than any other year. Really? Like, by far more. What? Every was single Was it because week? you were losing? That was your first yeah. year that you would, like, lost a lot of games. Yeah. Like, like. Yeah, and we were double scrimming every single day. So, like, basically, like, after Sunday or Saturday, whenever, like, we, I don't think we had really many, or if any, days off. Um, And it just felt so, you got in this, like, hopeless cycle of just kind of rinsing, repeating what you're doing. And then it it started to get into your mental, uh... About, like, the 10th Fire Giant we pulled with Sino when we lost. <laughs> and then it was just, like, we would lose them to the most random things. Like, Complete, Well, sometimes, like, you. I, here's what I'll say. I would say, let's say you guys lost 20 Fire Giants that year, which is probably a conservative estimate. At all, at all. Way more than that. <laughs> way more than that, but just for ease of numbers, right? I would uh-huh. say you guys hard botched a way to, like, take that fight probably like eight out of that 20 you know like it was Uh less than half but still a significant amount of complete just fucking it like i don't really swear on the podcast that often you guys were fucking it on that one apologies for language uh the rest like the other 12 would be completely out of nowhere like crazy Uh and i remember one watching it back i was like how did this fire giant go bad jeff and vin we're standing on top of fire giant pools, just roasting. Like <laughs> <laughs> Jeff lost eighty percent of his health as a Fafnir to a fire giant. Yeah, and then Vin 
I think I think Jeff kept dragging it into Vin, and then we lost that fire giant to a camo ult. It was one v five. Yep. And it and camo swooped through and got it. I'm like, only us. Wasn't like, wasn't that also the year that before you picked up Sino, he got it with a golden blade proc on Arachne? Oh, I, maybe I don't know. Maybe that wasn't against you, and it was when Sino was playing yeah. a different team some other year. But I remember Sino stealing a fire giant with a golden blade proc, which is like. Holy cow. Yeah, and then the we would have beaten Splice, and then uh, Baskin stole it with a Yorm 3 that somehow mm-hmm. snuck. Like, he snuck in right before the firewalls went up, so we were full coming to Fire Giant. There was no one there, and then he just Yorm 3s and takes it. I'm like, okay. like <laughs> how are we supposed to win? And then I remember the rest of the games in that set, we were up like 5k, and then every single time, Simon was like, let's go to Fire Giant. And I'm like, not again. Like, it... <laughs> And then we lost every single one of those fire giants, or we, like, messed up the fight afterwards, or before, like, something. I've said this a lot. I was a big, like, webcam watcher, like, during fights. (laughs) Um, And, man, I distinctly remember you reaching a point where, like, at some point, like, it was, like, the fifth or sixth game in a row you guys lost a fire giant. And... For I think maybe their ADC stole it or something like that, and your your cam was on screen, and you were literally just laughing, and I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> like that's not we're we've hit that point." And, and then, uh, no, go, go ahead. I've got another point, but go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say the worst fire giant ever was I think when Pcat stole it from an oboe like downfield. His oh, yeah. oboe bounced up like three times and last hit fire giant. I'm like, no one was Cursed. close, and we didn't get fire giant. Like no one on their team was anywhere close and oboe somehow stole it and i'm like okay. yeah you guys were it, it would be really funny if uh like betty smite who does a lot of great like spl history videos like yeah. just made a collection of all of the fire giants you guys lost that year uh it would be absolutely awesome that's a great video idea it would um, be fantastic i felt like i really watched like coming out of the booth and you guys would always stand in the exacts every team I don't know if you've realized this, Barra, but every team stands in a different location in the break room after their games, and it's consistent. Like, teams mm-hmm. will, like, stand over by this wall or <laughs> over by this, like, couch or whatever, and they all, it's mm-hmm. so funny to me that they always go to the same spot. You guys would always stand right on, the, like, the hallway that we walked down coming out of the soundstage. You would stand right on the edge of that wall before walking into the break room because you guys did not want to be there any longer. You wanted to, nope. like... But you would stand there and talk about how it happened to you again. And uh-huh. I felt, so I would, like, some teams I don't necessarily see every time I'm done with the cast. But you guys, I always would, because you would stand there and you, you guys would typically stand there for a long time to talk. And I felt like I truly watched, week to week, the competitive fire behind Jeff Hinla's eyes slowly dim. <laughs> like, every fire giant took a physical toll from Jeff Hinla, by, like, where I could just tell. Like, that dude just, I, I love Jeff to death. He just, he is, he has this state where he is just, like, smoldering, like, underneath uh-huh. the surface. Like, and yep. it can be really good where he's, like, really pumped and really amped to do something. And other times it's just, like, I so deeply hate what is going on right now. And I just watched that, like, light behind his eyes, like, slowly dim throughout that phase. Uh, and it it was time for young Jeff, whatever. You know, we, we, we got there for him, for sure. It was just really funny, just looking back on it. I mean, I would never want to, like, 
ever have to relive anything close to that year. Yeah. But looking back on it now, I think is really funny. And just seeing how much struggle and how much pain we went through that year, it's just comedy. Okay, let's yeah. talk about the SPL because uh, we're, we're I'm the one sidetracking. As yeah. per usual. Okay, I was going to say that. It's always me. I was going to say that uh, out of all the short episodes, surely I'm not responsible for all of them going along. You have to be responsible for at least some amount. Yeah, I'll take like 5%. Great. That's easy for me. Um, okay. Uh, this one. Yep, this one. This is the first time. Uh, Levi's hounds. Um, Levi's look good. Um, hounds mm-hmm. look less good. Was this the game? I should really start. I think this was for these. Neil's Athena games, I think, for this for that game. For that set. Goodness. Uh, I streamed for a while. Uh, nope, he did not play Athena this set. Um, what? Maybe the set before, sorry. Well, this was the first set, so, <laughs> so I doubt Wait, it. no, I meant like last weekend, sorry. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, what the, the Hounds were really far ahead in one of these games, weren't they? Or was that also last week? Was that first set with Niels Athena? It might have been. I feel like I was watching one of these, and they were like really far ahead, and then they just kind of like inted super hard. Uh, Honestly, I don't remember these Friday the games. I yeah, remember... Sunday, because I just watched those, obviously. Um, but then I remember the Raven sets, but outside of that, I don't remember... I just remember Levi's being better mm-hmm. than every other team. Yep. In, in my opinion, I think Levi's like the best team right now. Hard to argue that they aren't the team to beat, because they then, on Saturday, went and 3-1 to the Oni Warriors. Um, so we should be getting an announcement on the Warriors roster change any minute now because, it, you know, the rule, like, every time you lose a set, you change a player. Uh, that's uh-huh. been the rule so far this year. Uh, It'd be weird if they didn't stick by it. I mean, yeah, it would just be inconsistent is all. Um, what this set um, was impressive to me on a couple of different facets. Um, number one, I feel like Shinto, if you would have showed me this series of picks for shinto last year um where he goes pele chernabog pele kamazots uh i would have been like well that's probably not gonna that isn't a meta that necessarily favors this team that's not his typical style but man he Mm. he played these picks really really well yeah i kind of feel like this team should just change ADCs more often. Because um, every time they do, they their mid-trio just turns on. And uh, I don't know why. Uh, yeah, I've been really impressed with Shinto. I think Peacock's been playing really well lately. And then, honestly, I think all of them, like, across the board, have just been kind of looking like the kind of old Oni Warriors, the ones that didn't lose. Um, they're just kind of shining mechanically. Uh, brighter than the people they're playing against. Mm-hmm. And I would say, I, I think Final K just definitely deserves uh, very high mentions for his performances lately. Yeah, agreed. Because I thought through the first half of the year, Sot was far and away the best solo laner. Um, mm-hmm. I really didn't feel like it was close. And Alec really popped in this set. Not to say that Sot had a bad set, um, necessarily. You know, the, the Opwash solo, we can talk about another time. But the overall, like, the Warriors have been able to rely on Sot outperforming his solo 
uh, counterpart in the vast majority of sets this year. And I think this is one of few where you can't say that he clearly did. Um, in yep. fact, it was really the other way around that uh, Alec had more of an impact um, than Sot did, which, like I said, probably the first time all year that you could say that so definitively, uh, at least off the top of my head. Also, how about Kennett, man? I mean, 10-1-9 on in game four. Uh, game one, eight, two, and seven. Um, in their loss, he goes three, five, and five, but then bounces back for three, one, and 12. So in their wins, he dies a collective four times across three games and has uh, a, a high amount of kill participation in all of them as well. Yeah, I mean, he's just playing extremely well. I, I <clears throat> genuinely feel like all of them just across the board are having very good individual performances, but also they're looking very cohesive. But I, if I remember correctly, I think a lot of their objectives still look very messy top down. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. They don't like, I agree that they're playing well <clears throat> together, but they don't seem very coordinated is like, maybe the word I'm looking for. Like, yeah, it, it's kind of, phase one only warriors ask where it's like kind of just tr- like let's just see what happens when we all toss buttons at one another and we're just going to hit more mm-hmm. than you um it's that's obviously reductive but at the end of the day like leviathans are not playing the most clean smite that core has ever played but it's still some of the best smite they've played um and if they can get that cleanliness added in and be a little bit more concise and um, measured, then I think it'll serve them well. But I think that this is kind of a good thing for them because they played that like tight to the vest, like don't make a whole lot of mistakes style for so long. And I don't mm-hmm. necessarily think it's a coincidence that they look good when they just kind of like let it go, you know, like let just let, let just free flow it, like get our, get our confidence back, um, prove, you know, that, that we're winning games and then they can, they can button it up as the phase goes on. Yeah, that's fair. I also don't know who does their main shot calls now. Because I don't think Ronnie talked, like, too, too much. Maybe he does. Um, but I don't know if Adapting's doing a lot or Shinto's doing a lot or it's kind of like a kind of a mix of all three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, Maybe we can have a Leviathan on uh, the show soon to figure it out. But I will say, uh, Glad's just look rough across the board. Yeah. Uh, in both of their sets this weekend against Ravens and then on Sunday. Um, they just look like they have no win condition, no, like, X factor that's going to, mm-hmm. like, bring them over the line. Yep. Um, kind of just seems like they're scrimming when they show up. You know, it's like when you load the scrims and everyone's just kind of picking their own god. Yes, obviously, they're... you're, like... They're doing trying to make peeve. it cohesive. They're doing the thing I hate the most, which is showing up and trying to outsmite your opponent. You're just going to play yeah. smite game harder than them. It's like the the thing that drives me the most crazy in the entire world when it comes to the pro league. Um, hmm. I mean, teams like Warriors in Phase One can do that because they're just mechanically better and they'll but, just out skirmish you. Yeah, but they're but picking I, with that in mind and they're playing the yeah, map with that in mind. You know. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying the gladiators aren't game planning or thinking about how they want to play the map or anything like that, but it isn't translating to what's showing up on the screen. Um, mm-hmm. So in my mind, I agree that needs to be the focus real quick before I forget to say it. Genetics and chat says support diff set, nothing else to say for uh, 
leviathans and warriors so there you go rongyu uh, mvp um yeah gladiators uh, i was on um i was on mike and aurora's uh travelers proc podcast after this set um and so i was watching a little bit of it before i left and then in studio and the thing that i was thinking about and i talk a little i end up talking about it a little bit on that podcast because it was on my mind i'm a very like you know the the way that i think about not just smite but games in general is is not the way that everyone does i think that people who have heard me talk for a while can probably see that and it's not saying that my way is better it's just that this is the way that i think about it Mm -hmm. i think that if i were to ask any pro player on any team close your eyes and picture yourself sitting down in the studio playing an spl set what god what god are you playing like you should be picturing you know if you're in the middle of an spl set what god are you playing what gods are your teammates playing who are you playing against what are they playing like these are like when you're figure when you're envisioning these scenarios i think that thinking just doing that tells you a lot about how you are currently thinking about the game and what you're thinking about your team. Um, Mm -hmm. And then also it's like, okay. uh, I mean, we we can, we can do it right now, Barra. When you're, here's a, here's the situation. Okay. You're in the booth. You're not retired. Uh, Mm -hmm. You're, you're, you're popping off. Um, You're playing (laughs) with the Ravens. Most recent, you know, your most recent team. Uh, You are winning the game. Things are going well what does that mean? Like, how are you, when you picture how the Ravens won games, what, how, like what type of comp are you playing? How are you winning the game? Uh, you mean, obviously not the most recent scrims before. No, 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 no. Like, you know, when the Ravens were winning their division in phase one, uh, you know, like it, were you playing a comp that was more centered around, solo side are you playing a comp that's more centered around you duo side and you guys are winning through duo pressure uh, like that type of thing basically me and hurry asking for help we weren't getting help uh they were always playing towards solo side mm-hmm. uh let's get haddocks as large as possible and then let's have haddocks rotate uh so i a lot of times in springs in spring phase i was sitting under my tower um watching as the enemy jungler came to uh prop buffs and to my purple sure and then our soul laner would get so large that we would just kind of control the game from there great so um, when i hear that yeah my thought is if i see the ravens pick any soul laner that doesn't carry the game with a lead what why what are we doing you know and mm-hmm. it's not to say that you have to be one-dimensional but you have to have a plan A. You need to have a game plan. Exactly. You need to Easily. have a plan A. So if yeah. you're going into game one of a set where you had days or weeks to prepare for what your picks and bans are going to be, that's the way that you are most likely to end up to win a game. And you guys pick like Izanami uh, and like yeah, we were basically Horus picking... support. Something that demands jungle presence and pressure to play off you. And then Haddix is playing like I don't know, Sobek solo. Like, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? That's yeah, we're, clearly not what your team wants to be doing. We were playing to have enough pressure in duo to not get run over, but not like 
not turning the pressure knob too far to where it demands the jungler, as you said. Right. But to where our 2v2 isn't so weak. Like, we're not going to go in and play like Jingwei Gev because we're playing weak side, you know? Right. Um, we just need enough pressure to not lose the game and then basically see what we can do from there. Exactly. Um, and then steal all the proc amps we can, steal all the purples we can, and then don't let them do golds while uh, we just win the 2v2 solo side. Yeah, I just think if I, you know, if I'm uh, talking to any pro player, and this is not true as a caster necessarily because these things are important information to a team that even if it seems obvious when you're watching them, you don't necessarily want to confirm anything. But like if I were a team's coach and I'm coming in and saying, okay, uh, let's say we we win, we win this set. Um, who was most likely to be the most important factor in that win like who who was the driving force more than anyone else in that win and obviously the answer is realistically dependent on game state draft state all that kind of stuff but i'm talking in best case scenario who is who is winning the game for your team every team should have one player who's the answer to that in my opinion again that is not necessarily true for everybody but in my opinion if i were making a team i would want to know Everything is going absolutely perfectly for us. Who looks the best? Who are we playing around Mm -hmm. to facilitate the most? And the answer just can't be, in my opinion, I don't know. It depends on the draft. That doesn't, I don't think that works ultimately. Um, I think teams need a little bit more direction than that. Uh, And right now, when I think about the gladiators, when I think about them, you know, popping off, they're playing their best, they're winning. Who is the focal point? Who is the one who's making that happen? I don't really know. who. They, based on their picks and the way they play the map, I don't know who they want to win the games for them. Um, so, yeah, well said. I don't know. I, I feel a little bad saying this, but I feel like Snoopy has not been carrying his weight lately. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's having a rather rough beginning of the phase so far. Um that as well, I hate Yu Wong with a passion. I think that character that god's is just, good, man. I, I, I think really that think god is just bad. Uh, I feel like if you're picking him in mid, you were just down a character for a while. Um, I I think he does do things in like mid game and late game sometimes, but I feel like you're just I feel like he's like a the bad Hachiman of mid laners, where like mm-hmm. you're just not doing anything. Like you're there, you're doing damage, but like. You're not threatening people. Um, yeah, yeah. And you're not you're not making direction around your game. You're just oh, if I'm gonna two one somebody, and a lot of times tanks are not taking damage from two one right now. Like you need like a no. big ult to not with control. this double flat pen build that a lot of people are going. That I really am not a huge fan of. Um, I think there are just a lot of characters that rely that really synergize well with things like rod of tahuti and if you're going double flat pen then it, you can't get 40 percent pen and soul reaver with rod like it just puts you in a bad mm-hmm. spot um yeah i'm not a huge fan of the double flat pen build in general um but sometimes it is necessary with divine but i think in that case you kind of just got to take your medicine and not build deso yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think Yu Huang is really good because his damage is so easy. Um, and he just pumps... Like, his late-game damage is really crazy. But I feel like we need to start thinking about him in the sense of a 
you're not picking unless your name's benny q like no one picks raw in a comp with minimal setup no one picks Scylla in a comp with minimal setup yeah you need setup in order to hit the ultimate um consistently and that and that is just the reality of it but just the one two combo on a squishy late game does like 60 plus percent of their health and it's really easy to hit over a wall it's really hard to get punished for it sometimes not all the time but i don't know i understand like why not yeah, mid laners just... don't think yu huang's good but i also understand why some mid laners think he is good yeah i just think he feels good for you and not for your team yeah i can totally see that and i don't think he adds more to a team comp than any other mage does like obviously a mage is going to do damage if they hit things late game yeah. um but outside of that uh i just think he's bad um that yeah. being said back to ravens uh with scream on the surter pick that pick scaled a lot Bro, better than he i thought it would slammed in that game i did not expect it to do that much damage or like he was like tanky and survival like he was popping off yeah the the archers procs were definitely pumping damage and i think they got way out drafted uh dragons did in game three and four um and I, th- I think it was game one where they just, like, idly stood around a fire giant for a long time. I think mm-hmm. that was this game. Yep, I think so. Um, and then Haddix going Runeforge, I like that a lot. Uh, especially with the way they've been playing lately, where they're just kind of killing people in CC. Which is, I that's just my favorite way to play Smite. It's Agreed. just, CC a frontliner, poke him, or kill them, and then you make your play after that. Yep. Um, so, like, a lot of Haddix's picks are just kind of setting up for that. And then Scream on the Surter also sets up for that. I feel like it just has a really easy stun to hit. Yep. Um, and then Vin's picks, they were just drafting better. And I I think it was game four where Dragons picked Ryzen in the top two and then played, like, Ryzen into Pele and then played Ama into Hades. And I feel like... If you're losing your mid and your solo, you're, well, the only lane you can play through then is duo. And if you're losing both of those lanes so hard, like what are you supposed to do on the map? Like not much. You're you're losing totems. You're losing mids. Um, they're gonna have a lot of rotation prior around the map, kind of permanently solo side, and it just didn't really make sense to me. Um, their drafting style, and it it was just weird. Also. Vin's individual performance was extremely good. I think this was Vin's best weekend, maybe like all year. Um, yeah. Just his confidence level and the plays that he was going for and the plays that he was also succeeding with, um, where it showed he was just very, not cocky, but just very confident in the flow state of the game and mm-hmm. what his job was. And he wasn't doing the Vin things of, like, overstepping or trying to, like, force a play. He was letting the plays come to him. And he wasn't really, like, out of position either. Um, so I was very, very, very impressed with them. And then also Zap's uh, 50-50 Fire Giants, where they won every single 50-50. Uh, that was really impressive to watch. Uh, <laughs> wish, wish I could do that. Yeah, why didn't um, you simply do that? Yeah, they... I mean, they just love doing the Oleron ulting Fire Giant play right now. And it's... It's it's working. Yeah. It's uh, that's that's all I'll say about it. It's it's working. Yep. Yeah, I think uh I don't know. That's how it goes. Like might just be time for if teams are just going to start 50-50ing fires, guess I'm playing 
Vulcan cuckoo raw again, you know, like, and I'm just mm-hmm. making them, I'm just making them pay for not having a fleshed out end game, uh, comp, you know, is, is what we've seen teams do in the past. Um, but it's certainly not a Ravens exclusive call right now. There have certainly mm-hmm. been a lot of flipped, a lot of flipped fires, um, which I don't know. It's just the mid laner in me that thinks like, look, I know I don't want to be playing like Vulcan in the early game against these assassins in mid, but when I get to late and I'm up against a flipped fire, like boy, does it seem valuable there? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You just got to get there. You got to get through the first 25 minutes first. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's like Vulcan ADC uh, that you can get away with. I don't know. Freya probably just like obliterates you. Uh-huh. Uh, and then Ferryman, I think, looked very good, very cohesive. Yep. Um, against Towns. They, Ferrymen are just playing their, I don't want to say that weird drafts. The, the weirdest part of the draft is just Sino, uh, basically every time. He's just yep. kind of picking what he wants to, he's just kind of Brooks doing the same thing. just built different, bro. He really is. Like, he just is in a different universe uh of yeah thought in comparison to the rest of us mere mortals he's just doing picks that allow him to control the jungle early and then facilitating his picks to get to like mid to late game mm-hmm. um and it's it's really cool to watch because scream's kind of doing the same thing with asserter mm-hmm. um but both of them are unironically not bad to late game mm-hmm. you kind of think that warriors would like fall off late game but they don't seem to be doing that bad um no. Especially well, with the initiations that both of them are finding. This this Polona jungle build he goes game three is maybe the least aesthetically pleasing build I've ever seen uh-huh. that makes a lot of sense. It's Protector of the Jungle, Golden Blade, Stone of Binding, Chin Size, Dawnbringer, Pridwin. Yep. He probably freaking slammed people with this build. And it is hideous it- to look at. And then on the flip side of this for Hounds in this set, uh, Neil was just having the Ares performance you never want. Yeah. Both times. Um, he, I assume that everyone here has watched SPL a lot. You know what happens to Ares when they get behind, where you just can't walk in the jungle anywhere. And everywhere you go, there just happens to be four people. Um, or every single time you take a team fight, you're the one that's dying. And you never have that, like, dream Ares team fight of, oh, I'm twoing and I'm keeping all my carries alive and I'm hitting these really crucial chains. You're just like, well, I'm dead again. Mm-hmm. And I get to press two, but it doesn't feel like it's doing too much. Um, and on top of that, Ferryman picking, like, Guan and Sobic into the Ares, I think is really smart. Because it just kind of stops him controlling the map early game. Yep. Um, and then, I obviously haven't scrammed in, like, a week and a half, or I think a little longer at this point, but I was... A little confused as how Chernobyl was getting through so much. Yeah, I thought that pick was still, like, top tier, but maybe it's, like, the the top tier dealable with now, whereas the other things we're banning we don't want to deal with. But Chernobyl's like, okay, I guess we'll let that through, and I guess we'll deal with it. Um, we just, like, can't take too many awkward fights in the early mid-game that he can ult over to, but... Um, yeah, yeah so, I think globals so I, typically, you get you have to remember how to play against them. Um, yeah. Same with Athena. Like Athena's getting a lot more value than I think she should. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, I also wanted to call out Paul's Morgan Le Fay pick. Uh, I think this God is criminally underrated. Um, and I think she's good into the assassins in mid because she has pretty solid self peel. Um, 
And she just pumps damage, man. Like that yeah. guy, that guy is good. I want to see more people playing her. I think she's really good as like a counter pick. I don't think you're ever picking her like early in a draft, but if she's counter picked, I think, or I, if she's counter picking something else, I think she's like a top mage in the game. Yeah, um, I'd agree with that. And I, I feel like if there's a draft where you're gonna pick Yuong in it, you should just pick uh, Morgan Le Fay. I feel like yeah, she's just a better Yuong. Uh, unless you're getting like the best old in the game Yuong performance, you know um i think that guy's just bad and then i think morgan just does a lot more yeah um i think morgan's really yeah. good um okay last thing before we go on to the random question of the week just thinking about um the hounds certainly have not looked great uh since the roster changes and all that kind of stuff neil definitely has not looked like he's back completely in form yet but i also don't think that it's fair to put all of the struggles of the hounds on him um mm. I feel Ducky's like, playing bad. Yeah, Ducky is definitely not playing as well as he did in Phase 1. And I feel like that is the thing, is that their frontline synergy just isn't really there. And I feel like um, what I'm noticing is that the way Neil is picking and playing the map, when he was last playing in the SPL, he had Fred. And Fred was a get-in-there jungler. Like, that dude was first in to a lot of fights. He was never going to play the outskirts um as hard as someone like oath who is very you know we've talked about the jungle uh scale of aggressiveness in fights versus passiveness and picking your moment um where kennett is like the the pole of i'm going to wait until it looks really good for me and i will not go until it is that moment uh and then you've got your captain twigs and your cubo freds who are just if I see anything, if I die, I don't care. I'm getting in there. I think Neil is still playing and picking a little bit more similarly to that style that he had with Fred, where his jungler was going to be there instantly at all times. I feel like if I'm the Hounds coach, I want Neil to pick things that have more individual survivability and can bait a little bit longer than things like Ares. Like, Ares is so one dimension yeah it's yep. it's like if you if your team isn't exactly where they need to be to back you up you are cooked mm -hmm. the the synergy and timing just isn't there yet between neil and ducky and oath and in general oath is a player who's going to play the outskirts of the fight a lot more heavily than most junglers in the league so putting neil on things with more survivability like say yamoja or um athena as well athena, i think the athena games were really good yeah exactly like those types of picks like will Terra, like those types of things i think will serve him better than this aries pick which they've gone to a lot so far this year and neil has historically in his career been a very good aries player uh i just don't think it's working with the way that this team is uh constructed like he just has to survive long enough to give oath that opportunity that he's really good at capitalizing on mm -hmm. i think he also has a really solid ymir which yep. can just kind of be that position based god but also i can live in a lot of situations if i play it really well yep. um but also i i think i would like to see them play a little longer before they get off the super 
uh, position-based gods, because it might just be like a cohesion thing, you know, and they can probably sure. or like work their way into it. Obviously, uh, me and you are both in agreement of it. Doesn't look pretty now. Definitely nope. does not look pretty. Um, but it might be something they can work towards and get better at. But I do definitely agree with you. In the short term, it's definitely better for Neil individually to be on safer picks. Yeah. Crazy how much the league landscape has changed um, with these roster changes because, you know, after the phase one playoffs, it looked like there were a lot of teams that were capable of competing um, Mm -hmm. for a world championship. I don't know about you, but it does not feel that way right now to me. Um, Yeah, I think everyone's just worse now that I left. (laughs) Yeah, they just like, they're in protest. Like, obviously the Leviathans are, are capable of um dominating a world championship the warriors are clearly capable the ferrymen i think are capable the kings i'm like halfway there on but not oh like... yeah yeah we didn't touch on kings but twig looked so good um the 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 for this weekend the captain thor should maybe stay uh pocket pick though that was i did not he had a couple good fights but in general like Look, that's just Thor. You know, sometimes he giveth and sometimes he taketh, you know? Yeah, uh, that sometimes, is true. Sometimes you you see that dunk and then you press four and right when you click, you're like, no, 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 no. And then you're just flying in. You're like, well, yep, that is, I guess this is happening. That is how it be. Honestly, there's a reason that Twig, Twig. has never been known as a, uh, as a Thor player. Um, Twig Thor taketh a lot, though. <laughs> Yeah, but look, what is he just supposed to play the same gods he's always played? You know, like exactly, he can't add something yeah. else. Like it, credit where it's due, he had a couple good fights. It, maybe, maybe it needs to keep on coming out. You know, um, yeah, just keep warming it up. You know, exactly. It takes a while, but in general, I think the Kings certainly looked a lot better. Uh, I mean, they only played the one set, and it was against the Gladiators, so it's hard to put a bunch of stock mm-hmm. in that, but. I think the Kings are closer to that upper echelon of the three teams that I mentioned of Leviathans, Warriors, and Ferrymen that are in no particular order than any other team in the league. I think it is those three teams in the top tier, the Kings in the tier just below them alone, and then it's the Ravens and Dragons uh, in a tier with just the two of them, then a tier with the Hounds, and Uh, then a tier with the Gladiators. I would just separate Ravens and Dragons, but outside of that, I completely agree. Uh, yeah. there just seems to be a big difference in the top three and then you're just laddering after that like all three Pretty teams much. are in like their own rung and then every single team after that is just and then maybe glads are like a few rungs i mean below look Hounds. we didn't have to we didn't have to put rungs look, in between you know i i love glads but like the games that I watched this weekend were really deflating for me, and they just need... <laughs> How do you think it was just... for them? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that must have been really hard for you. Barry. Look, sorry, look, I've been through season six SSG. Uh-huh. Like, one weekend for them is nothing, you know? Yeah, that's, it's only that's been nothing. one weekend. They've won a lot this year besides that. <laughs> <laughs> look, they have... Killing it. They have, okay... It is funny how 
whoever's the bottom seed, like Bronick went through it, and yeah. I'm sure like Kiermi's going through it now. Where like every weekend you feel like you know someone new showing up on your roster. I mean, I think they're limited roster changes this year, but yeah, he's got two new frontliners, and then he's still trying to make it work. Um, yeah, I'm just digging myself a hole. It's fine. Yeah, it's, that's okay. that's how it goes. Um, all right, let's let's we go. Okay, we got 12 minutes to keep it under an hour, so here we go. Uh, we're going to our random question of the week, oh. Patreon discord, uh, patreon.com slash backliners. If you want to join up there, I did post my playlist. Um, no one has gotten past like the first band it seems, which is not a dig at them by any means, but no, also, uh, everyone's listening to it in order, which I think for albums is very critical for playlists. It should be randomized, uh, is the way that I feel about it. Anyway, agreed. um, all right, Messi asks, what is your favorite bit from the podcast? Theirs is a tie between what is going on and Destiny's 10 out of 10 chocolate chip cookies. That Destiny's 10 out of 10 chocolate chip cookies is definitely one of my favorite bits. That's a great one. Uh, this is a rough question for me. <laughs> yeah, why is that, Barry? I, I really have no idea why it's so rough for me. Um, uh-huh. I would say, uh, not to, I agree with you, Messi, uh, but also I think Mifflin's rant. I oh think yeah, was that was a the, great, that was a great moment for sure. EU-SEC or EU-SOC yep. or something. Yep. His, his rant was really good. Um, and then also Meerkat being on like our first episode ever and just talking about like that Thanksgiving movie. <laughs> um <laughs> It was like Thanks Killings that. or something. Yeah, Thanks like, Killing, yeah. He just got completely unhinged on like our first or second I miss Mirka, man. I haven't talked to that guy in too long. We've both been busy. I'm going to call him up soon because that I love that little guy. That's and then so a, funny. a bit of a sad one was Finch because uh, mm-hmm. he was on the podcast and I, me and Finch never really like talk too much. Uh, we would always be like, obviously like friendly, but it was never like, out of my way talking to him or he would never go out of his way to talk to me sure after that podcast i was like i should really go talk to him more like yeah just the way he talks the way he communicated like it was so so unique man no one else i've ever yeah. talked to talked like he did uh i still think and, of like his speech patterns in, in my head all the time like all the time yeah and i i was like i should really make an effort to like talk with him and hang out with him because I don't know, sometimes there's, there's people in your life that you, you talk with, but you're, you never, like, your past never, like, completely cross, you know? Yep, yep. And I was like, I should really, you know, reach out and, like, talk with them a bit. Um, yeah, that'd, that'd be my sad one. And then the Destiny's Chocolate Chip Cookies is uh, oh, that, that one. was so funny. I still love that. That one's a rough one. Yeah, I think um, I think I love whenever someone asks a really, mon- like, weird question. Not weird, but, like, um... A question like, where's the Aggro. best... Yeah, what's up? Destiny's here. Oh, hey, Destiny. How... I'm sure you... you... Talk to... Yeah, I'll let you talk to Agra real quick. Yeah, yeah, give go. her the headset. That's good. Are we... Oh, yeah, we're live. We're on the podcast. What's up, okay. Destiny? How are you? Hey, good. Good. Just, you know, I was uh, minding my business and I heard John talking. Yeah, he was saying that the time you made chocolate chip cookies and they were so good that they were a 10 out of 10, you know? 
Do you do you remember uh, that? I do remember the cookie situation. Oh, Thank you so much for for reminding me. Yeah. Yeah. Could you just for any podcast listeners who may not have been there for the initial uh, sequence, could you like give them a rundown from your perspective of the cookie incident? Yeah, um, I would love to. So I spent so much time in the kitchen. Okay, I love cooking, but I'm not a baker. Where are you going? I'm going to get water. Anyway. <laughs> Welcome to the Backliners Podcast, Agro and Destiny, as per usual. <laughs> as per usual. And um, so I was, uh, yeah, I was like, oh, I'll be nice and I'll make um, cookies from scratch. And uh, apparently they were just crap. Um, so I threw my whole blender away. No, no. The, the, what makes it worse, in my opinion, not to dig bear a deeper hole here. <laughs> But it wasn't that they were crap. It's that they were. He was like, yeah, they're re- they're they're pretty good. They're like a seven out of ten or something no. like that. And you were okay. like, they're so good. They're like the best cookies I've ever made. They're ten out of ten. Yes. And Bear was like, no, dude, they're seven out of ten. No, 10s. listen, because I have been trying to tell John like the difference in what pretty good means so now i whenever he enjoys something i intentionally go yeah it's pretty good he goes what do you mean it's pretty good (laughs) but when he does it to me he's like what pretty good's good yeah yeah that's what he kept saying he goes what seven out of ten is a compliment that's good he listened to a new sub 41 song yesterday and i'm like yeah that's pretty good (laughs) this is the best song yeah, I, listen, I tried to tell him, look, man, just say they're the 10 out of 10. Just she worked hard. Yeah. Like, yeah. just say it. Like, it just doesn't cost it. you anything. Like, it, it costs nothing. He uh, He's still learning, though, our, our John. He's still learning, huh? He is. Uh, but I will say that he doesn't really um, rate things with a number anymore unless <laughs> I ask. And if I ask him to rate it, he pauses. Like... <laughs> Yeah, he goes, well, 10 out of 10, of course. And then now yeah. the number is meaningless. Yeah, yeah. It's all ruined. Oh, the whole God. system's ruined. Well, at least he won't be around a whole lot now that he's retired. Um, oh, wait. He'll be around all the time. Unlucky for you. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. I'm not baking anything. So, you know. Oh, right. Had to, well, had to hang that up. Unlucky for him, then, I suppose. Unlucky for him. Uh, Destiny, yeah. do you have a favorite bit on the podcast? Like, uh, when we when I would make fun of him saying that your cookies weren't 10 out of 10. One of my favorites is when I have a really long and in, in-depth answer about, like, what type of sandwich I like and the bread and the toppings and all this kind of stuff. And Barra just goes, I don't know, like a pub sub. You know, like, you know, he just has, like, oh. the, the most surface level take of all yes. time. Do you have any favorites like that? Honestly, it's it's nothing specific but it's when it turns into an argument <laughs> is when it's my favorite because you'll be like yeah and i like the cheese to be cut into four pieces and placed you know with the quarters facing this way and then john's like i like to put some peanut butter on my bread sometimes <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i go is it crunchy or smooth and he's like either one yes everything <laughs> is a debate i also really like the uh honestly when uh Joe and I did the the podcast, that was the a great Q&A. Episode. It was, especially when you were trying to segue into an ad and you baited me and I had to be like, what do you, what, what is $5? And then you just come out of the, <laughs> you spawned, like you just randomly spawned. Man, wasn't it great when I had time and energy to think about doing fun ad reads? That was a great time for me. The good old days. Yeah. The good old days indeed. Um, all right. Well, thanks, Destiny. I appreciate your... <laughs> oh. uh, 
little cameo. You can finish off. We're just in the random question section, so you can do it if you want instead of giving it back to Barra. I'm fine with either one. Uh, I'll give it back to John since he was in the hot seat, and I've got to. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go meet Lynn um, and kind of go over the oh yeah, yeah, yeah. pets because we're going on vacation tomorrow. But um, I don't know. I'm so excited. So uh, we'll have a great time. I'll give it. Thank you. I'll, I'll give it back over to Mister Pretty Good. There Thank he is. You. You're welcome. Appreciate Can you tell? Oh, wait, I'm going to wait until. A pretty good bit by you. I was going to say, can you tell Destiny that was a 10 out of 10 cameo? That was a 10 out of 10 cameo for Magro. For Magro, it was a 10 out of 10. For me, a 7. <laughs> what is wrong with you, man? Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Dream Martini says one of their favorite bits is me with the sound checks. That's not a bit. I am trying as hard as I possibly can. And Odd Otters uh, says his favorite bit is 10-minute rants about the most minute of details while Bear is laughing because he couldn't care less. That's very much mine as well. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Messi also asks, what's your favorite sound? For them, it's the sound of rain. Uh, also, podcast throwback, but brown noise also goes hard. Brown noise does go hard. I'm, I am I love yeah. brown noise. Brown noise is really good. Uh, favorite sound would probably be something food-related. Um, hmm. Probably like coffee brewing is always good uh, mm-hmm. i would say bacon frying but i feel like that would be very anti-vegan it's of the me. smell of the bacon not the sound yeah it's it's both yeah uh, i think i think anything frying is a very attractive noise that's true um because you just know it's going to taste good like nine times out of ten anything fried is going to be delicious mm-hmm. um honestly i think it would just be something food related sound wise um yeah. I'm trying to think of like a very specific thing outside of like frying and bacon. Mm-hmm. Um, Those are two good answers. Uh, I am going to embarrass you here though because I have two very good answers and very uh, cute sappy answers. Uh, they're the same. Two oh no! Things. Uh, my dog, when she's really comfy and like snuggling with you, she like grunts as she breathes. That is like kind of the dog's version of purring, and I love that sound. It makes me very happy, and. Uh, Calvin, my son, he's um, he had his first intentional laugh today, uh, and that was wow. like, the best sound ever. I'll post the video in the uh, in the Patreon Discord, so in the pets you channel because I think that's very funny. Yeah, we got it on video. How clean is that? That's perfect. Yeah. Wait, it is okay. Really is big time. Go ahead. Really dumb question. When do they start walking? We are a long time away from oh really you have to take care of him for that long before he starts walking did i tell you what andy told me to do with him Uh uh-uh aninster said it was the first time i talked to him since uh he had been born and he goes hey girl um so have you uh have you like put a mouse in his hand yet and i was like no he can't really like do anything and he goes okay yeah but think about it this way like if you just put him on an aim trainer for like 10 minutes every day (laughs) Eventually, he would figure it out, and he would start being insane. And I was like, Andy, I don't think I'm going to put him on an aim trainer anytime soon, my guy. But now Andy he, is like, just the way he's, he's just thinking in like a business mindset of like, well, how can I make money off of my kid? It's I know. so good. I'll make him into a pro gamer. Bro, he's at- like, just put him on the aim trainer. It doesn't matter if he doesn't do anything for months but eventually he'll start clicking heads <laughs> so anyways uh right after the podcast he's got a i've got to go off the yeah. so he can name train um because that's his time 
Uh, all right, Hiro says, what current day technological advancement or service do you wish you had during your teenage or youth years? I.e. smartphones oh. in the 90s, PS5 or Xbox during the Game Gear Sega era, Spotify during like iPod music, etc. Uh, I would have to take Spotify. Yep, Spotify uh, I think sm- busted. I think smartphones, this is going to sound very boomer. I think smartphones mm. ruin our brains. So they me do, but being I'm like, so I want it. The same. Uh, I feel like delaying all technology when I was a kid, the longer the better. Yep. Uh, as far as like getting me permanent permanently internetized you know or like yep. you're just always connected like the internet that we had was like addicting games or like break.com you know yep. dude and isn't like, it crazy that we are like the last generation of people who remember what it was like before the internet was like truly omnipresent right like Dial i remember up. when like i remember google becoming a thing mm-hmm. i resisted google for a long time i stuck with ask jeeves um well beyond when everyone else had switched to google until this is a true story that's very funny i was in a computer lab um in school and i went to search for something and i of course went to ask jeeves and someone saw that i was on ask jeeves and said out like and said like loud enough for everyone to hear yo this guy's still asking jeeves And I never went to ask Jeeves ever again. <laughs> never again. I got publicly shamed. And, and that's an example where bullying might have been good for me, you know? <laughs> like, Yeah, I don't blame them at all. No, I, they were right. I just went to askjeeves.com and typed in Reddit, and I have to scroll down. <laughs> I don't even have Reddit. Like, Reddit <laughs> isn't even an option that I get when I type in Reddit. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know what we're searching for, but it it's... It's not Reddit when I type in Reddit. And yeah. Yeah. I was the same way, I think, with like MSN. Yeah. I used MSN for a long time. Um, yeah. And then I remember my swap to like Chrome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, this is so much better than anything I've used in the past. I know. Yeah. I think um, I think for me, Reddit is a good one. I think I would have liked having Reddit uh, when I was younger, just to like find some communities for mm-hmm. games and sports and talk about all that um yeah because talking to people on the internet was so cool back then yeah because it was mostly just people you knew and not complete random strangers uh at least mm-hmm. for me um and i didn't well, was like a mix that. of both <clears throat> i i spotify is good but you couldn't use it to burn cds like which was my whole thing of course so mm. uh i don't know if it would have worked super well i was okay i i had never watched good mythical morning until this week if you can believe that um i literally never watched it and it kind of made me mad because how come my friends and i didn't just sit down in front of a camera and just eat some food blindfolded and give it ratings early enough on youtube that we could have caught on and had millions of views on every episode like i could have done that you know like my Uh friends and i were doing exactly that we just didn't film it and put it on youtube why not if we just would have tripped our way, because that's how so many like internet people, I don't know if that's what they did, you know, um, they do good work, all that kind of stuff. I'm mostly memeing, but I'm also not really memeing that much. Like if we would have just happened someday in 2002 to have filmed it and it just got lucky on the algorithm and a lot of people saw it, I'd be, I wouldn't be doing this stinking podcast. I'd be on a yacht. You know what I mean? 
So you're saying you'd rather never have met me is what you're saying. No, Barra. I would have rather met you I when can't... I had significantly more money. <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. I would have preferred to have much more money than I currently I could have been your yacht boy. You could have been on my yacht. Exactly. Like, you're getting it. Uh, that would have been a much better scenario yeah. for all of us involved. Um, <laughs> it would have been great. Okay, last but not least is Dreamy Martini. What is the best animal to have as a pet slash what is the best pet you've ever had? It's obviously a dog, okay? Cats, it's a dog. Cats are great. Yeah. I I can't have cats because I'm very allergic and so is my wife, but I do love cats. They are goofy little guys and I love mm-hmm. that about them. That being said, a dog is just like, it is just that. Like, it's just him. You know what it's I mean? It's just like, better. Dogs just like... I don't know. Speaking, I when I think about the cats and dogs debate, I always think of Finch because he would have he, as per usual, had an awful take about how cats were actually better than dogs because dogs gave you this is so prototypical Finch off camera. Dogs give you unconditional love, but cats make you work for it. And I was like, Finch, what does it say about your own view of your self worth that you don't think you're deserving of unconditional love automatically? Like, you don't need to earn it, you know? Like, you're allowed to be unconditionally loved by this creature. And that never convinced uh-huh. me, of course. Um, but yeah, like, they're, look, they're great dogs. They're less good dogs. Uh, mm-hmm. But if we're talking peak experience of the best cat you could ever have or the best dog you could ever have i'm taking dog 365 no doubt yeah i i agree with dog to a lesser extent uh i would say like dog 80 20 um because there are some days where hero will just like get in my lap and i don't know why none of my cats drooled until luna learned how to drool and now all of them drool they just get really happy and then start purring and then start drooling all over me. Um, but, I mean, today Hero was in my lap for like an hour. Just, he was purring nonstop and I was petting and he was drooling and he was making biscuits on my arm. And it was adorable. I love that. Um, but I think, overall, you just get more energy from a dog. Uh, you get more love from a dog. Like, every time you come through the door, Hammy is like airplane eared like sprinting his way towards you he's like howling and growling and barking because he's so excited he doesn't know what noise to make you know he's just he's just making whatever noise he can and then in the mornings he's so tired but he's still really excited to see you that he just wags his tail and then just rolls over and just wants belly rubs Mm -hmm. um oh it's the best and cats, you still get that love, but it's just a different love. And I think, like, every single time I see Hammy, I know he's going to be excited to see me. I mm-hmm. know he's going to be really happy. I know he'll want to play. Cats are just kind of like, you're living in the same area. Cats are more like roommates than pets. Yeah. Or like, you're just hanging out sometimes, and then sometimes you're not. And then dogs are like, what are you doing? I want to be with you. I want to hang out with you. Like, oh, I can't wait to do whatever we're doing today. And today, or the last two days, I've been streaming a lot, so I haven't had time with Hammy, but he just lays on the floor and just hangs out, and then if he's sad that I'm not paying attention, he'll go, oh, oh, or he'll just growl at me when I walk by, which isn't, like, really growly. No, it's just talking. He's, 
Yeah, he he doesn't know what growling means, I think, because he grew up around cats. Uh, yep. But he just growls for attention. Yep. If we're not giving him attention, he'll just go... <laughs> like, mm-hmm. he'll just... And it's just cute, yeah, because he just yeah. he wants some loving. He wants some. He wants you to play with him, or he wants pets, he wants something. Yeah, exactly. No, I, dogs can be robots with who just, like, don't know what's going on. Uh, I'm telling you, my dog, Mackenzie, the goat, dog of all time uh no doubt in my mind she is the literal best best dog i've ever had Mm -hmm. uh, by a mile um she is the goofiest little creature i've ever known she has so many little like weird idiosyncrasies and like tendencies that i've never seen any other dog have and i like love it so much she's just the best um so yeah, if you think oh. dogs are just uh, brainless little dummies, sometimes they are, and that makes them great. But sometimes yeah, they're my, also little weirdos. My neighbor's dog growing up was definitely one of the brainless little <laughs> Oh my god, dude. My best friend's family growing up, they had a dog named Sophie. And this thing was dumber than any living... I could not believe that she was able to like natural selection right like my god dude she literally they had a they had another dog named mackie who was the smartest dog i've ever known she was Mm -hmm. super well trained like literally understood all of the human language as far as i could tell sophie trained by the exact same people never learned her name never learned her name how is that even possible and they had this thing where like their dining room table uh was like right next to the kitchen and then there was like a their living room had a step down like a little sunken living room and Mm -hmm. while we were eating sophie loved there was hardwood uh near the kitchen the dining room table and then it was carpet on the step down and so you would hear the like she'd like be scratching like (laughs) running and then she would run and leap off of the the hardwood and then there was a couch like right where she would land and she would want to land and slide right underneath the couch she was like a little tiny dog she would Mm -hmm. always try and land and slide but like one out of five times she would run up leap and then forget to duck and just like slam right into this head headbutt the side of this couch and every time she would do the exact same thing which was she'd you know launch and then and then we'd all turn and look at her and she'd be standing there like just perfectly still staring at the couch like not realizing she's like how did that get there and then what she, happened? And then she would give us this look. Hold on, I gotta get make sure my I can see my OBS so that I can make sure I'm giving the right look to the camera that was Sophie esque. Yeah, she would stand there and like be stunned, like what? And then she would go, just nothing behind the eyes, just like this, like turn and like, what was that that just happened? That was really good podcast content for me. Um, but yeah, that dog was absolutely dumb as bricks. Um, and I loved making fun of her, but I also loved being around to make fun of her. So she was great. Yeah, dumb dogs are fun, but I will always enjoy a smart dog more. You just feel more For of a sure. connection and more of a... They they seem more alive and in the moment than, like, a dumb dog. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Um, okay. Nice short episode, Barra. You absolute thank idiot. you you made us go so long this episode. i know it was my fault this time actually. feels good doesn't it doesn't it feel good yeah, it feels great up a little bit a little bit, i wasted know? so much of your time just like just making sure that we're just we're just it's like it's like trolling a ranked game a little bit you know it's like uh-huh. exactly you just feel like you got something done today um all right we'll be back yeah. next week oh yeah go ahead 
Oh, I was going to say, I knew right in the beginning when I threw whatever we were talking about, like Not season even six, a, four seconds and then in. your old career. Yeah, I was yeah. I was just throwing wrenches at you yeah, from the get-go. Yeah, sometimes you know, and I, look, yeah. if I didn't want to be swimming in the pool with you, I would have gotten out, but that's, that's it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've never, I don't know where that analogy came from, but it kind of worked better than I thought it would. Um, <laughs> uh, okay podcast next week um is tbd uh mm-hmm. it definitely will not be on tuesday because that is my wife and i's third wedding anniversary so i will what? not be podcasting um but we might do one later in the week uh we'll have to figure it out you know check our twitters all that kind of stuff for info there mm-hmm. um we are in the works on doing another interactive ama um and i did get confirmation that patreon subscribers can uh get tickets uh for free so if you want to get involved with that um and support us simultaneously in the best way possible patreon.com slash backliners is the place to go in order to uh do that um and you'll get to see a very cute video of uh my baby laughing so check it out there um all right until then uh bara you know what to do bye it's a little soft you were a little scared of that one weren't you my throat's a little sore, so I, I, I didn't want to go a little high because, you know, I feel like I'd be a teenager and just voice crack, so. It was I, pretty I good. A little you know, I'll, I'll say it was pretty good. Yeah, it was like a 7 out of 10, I think. That's probably generous. <laughs> Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.